today we're going to be talking about fear, what the Bible says, and also using practical experiences. The word fear in the Bible is used in different ways to express very different meanings. There is the fear of God, meaning respect or reverence, and another is to be actually afraid of God, but like an outlaw, fearing police. Fear is an emotional response to belief or inward arrangement of ideas and thoughts, many of which, over time, can be changed through the elements of growth process. For more about the elements of growth, go to inwardauthority.com and then from the menu select Stages of Growth. Faith Not Fear, Genesis 4, 6, 3 says, So he said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not fear to go down to Egypt, for I will make you a great nation there. This verse uses the statement, Do not fear. God is communicating the instruction of trust, reliance, and complete dependence upon God while avoiding fear. This phrase, do not fear, has everything to do with trusting God. Think about a teacher telling a kid, don't run down the hallway. The message really means walk. The teacher says, don't run down the hallway or do not run, but what they really mean is walk. For most people, this is a no-brainer. But as the saying goes, some are slower than others. When God was talking to Jacob, Jacob got it. Jacob knew what God meant, that he was to have faith, not fear, to be confident and trust the process. Now, when a teacher says, don't run in a hallway on one day, isn't it also implied that it means the next day? This too with God's instructions. Jacob embarked upon a challenging journey where he was required to devote his entire being for a long time. When God gave the message, do not fear, God meant from now on, not just one day. That means Jacob would need to practice an inward thought discipline within his attitude and beliefs. That means Jacob would need to practice self-discipline within his thoughts and attitude. To manage fear and faith requires cognitive skill building and thought control. If we are not even attentive to our thinking, how can we make adjustments with fear, resentment, bitterness, self-centeredness, self-seeking? How can we make adjustments if we're not even paying attention to what we're thinking about? This message about faith, not fear, is repeated throughout scripture. Messages about how we think, speak, and act exist all over the Bible. Thought control, discernment, and choice evaluation is a skill that needs to be developed. We're not born with it. Matthew 10, 26-31 says this, Therefore do not fear them, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, and hidden that will not be known. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light, and what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. Now I'll use an example of money, because most of us respect the value of money. There is a fear of not having money or not having enough and all the consequences that can happen from being broke, or even just the perception of not having enough. 
Yet when we have money, and we, when we have enough of what we believe to be enough, the fear of not having it disappears. Instead, we gain a new fear, the fear of losing it. Losing the money, the toys, our status, etc. This too with God's righteousness. When we are in God's righteousness, when we have it, we no longer fear not having it. Instead, we can fear losing it. It's the same way with sobriety. When we are in our addiction, we fear all the consequences we bring upon ourselves through our addiction, self-seeking. But when we trust in God and grow with God in sobriety, we then fear losing our new way of life and peace and freedom. The instruction of do not fear literally means we are to improve our faith. We are to change our thoughts to better abide in God. Here is a personal example of mine. When I was 21 years old, I was doing the ninth step, which is to make amends to those I had harmed. I made a deal with God that if he put this girl in front of me, I would make amends to her. So she was put in front of me. I tried to engage her in conversation, and she snubbed me. My pride was hurt. I immediately became defensive inside my head. Pride and fear work together. My pride essentially is fear of looking bad, stupid, weak, or less than. To be mistreated. I was angry at her for treating me as unimportant. This fear of disrespect or being shunned led me to walk away from her. But as I was walking away, I experienced another fear. I had the fear that I was letting God down. I made a deal with God that I would do this, make amends to her. Fear was attacking me from all angles and in various ways, immediately. Which form of fear was I going to choose to obey? The fear of failing my agreement with God or the fear of being humbled? This was a big deal. It was a crossroads, and I had to make a choice quickly. It was probably the most powerful decision I've ever made. I swallowed my pride and surrendered my will to God for God's sake, and it changed my life. It strengthened me to do it again. What I did was I walked back to her, introduced myself, made amends, and then she treated me with respect and appreciation. Within this brief experience existed countless lessons in spiritual development. It was over 30 years ago, and my faith still feeds off of it, taught me many lessons. No amount of books, sermons, prayers, meditations, all put together could bring about the spiritual education I received through that experience. There are those who do it, and there are those who don't. There are those who have learned, and those who have not. Many of us can go through this learning if we are willing to make the inward adjustments and act with God's righteousness. We all can choose to experience humility, forgiveness, trusting God, self-denial, and so much more. That is what InwardAuthority.com is about. Because it is good, right, and beautiful, James 1.22 says, But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. I guess if I'm not doing what I'm reading to do, then I deceive myself. So here is a challenge. Go and do the steps outlined on the website. Read, learn, experience something new, change your action, change your thinking. Speak new words of righteousness that are spelled out on the website. Learn about elements of evil, to watch for them, to do the opposite. When impatient, practice patience. Read and understand the elements for growth. These are biblical elements. 
Learn the experiences that can change your life and others. Now, there are two ways we can fear God. One way involves reverence, and the other to actually be afraid. How I inwardly respond to God can declare where I'm at with God. If I am afraid of God, I'm not with God. I'm doing something ungodly. If I am in awe of God, I'm on the right path with God. I'm appreciating God. I'm thankful. I do want to be clear that we are not to worship God like an object, something distant. God is something that's within us. Spirit is within us. The kingdom of heaven is near. If I would have chosen to follow my pride, I would have feared God as failing God. Yet because I chose to obey, humble myself, I gained a spiritual experience, which brought peace, restoration, and spiritual freedom. The good news is, even if I miss an opportunity to make amends, I still have time to make an amends. I can still make an amends in many different ways. The goal is always to do the next right thing, and in doing the next right thing, that affects my relationship with how I fear God. I feared God with respect and reverence. I learned that serving God beyond my own understanding is good. Doing what I don't believe I should do for the sake of God can be very good. God is loving, truthful, just, peaceful, merciful, compassionate, forgiving, and generous. God is faithful. We can trust and rely upon God. God is all these things to all people. Therefore, we ought to think about God's ways and how it fits with everyone as a whole. What I mean is that my making amends and obeying God is its not just about me. It's also about others. I was so focused upon what God was doing with me, I could not see what God might be doing in the person I made amends to. Not only that, but all the good that happened in that experience carries forward in that other person and in me and outward to others we then encounter. Our choices of good and evil go so much further than our limited understanding. There's so much more to our choices and actions than what we can really see or know. If we think about these descriptions individually, we can end up confused. We might ask ourselves questions like, Why me? Why am I last? Why do I have to do this? Or why am I suffering? With such a self-focused mindset, I and me, we are being short-sighted. God is not about I and me. God is about spiritual good in everybody. God is not a God of self-seekers. God is not merely a God of me. God is a God of all creation everywhere. Therefore, it might be more intelligent to take into account everyone. God is so much more than we could possibly understand, but then we too could understand so much more than we currently do. And wouldn't we be better resources to God's good if we improved our training with God's righteousness about the elements of evil and elements of growth? If we are to fear God with respect and reverence, we will need more godly experience. God has ordinances, statutes, principles, righteousness, goodness, and grace. Within these principles lies spiritual power if we experience them, if we do them, do what it says. We are either abiding in them or we are abiding elsewhere. We are either moving toward them or not. 
When we are abiding more in God's ways, we are trusting them, pondering them, seeking them, following them, and growing them within our heart, mind, soul, and strength. We're dedicating to them day after day. We're talking about them and redirecting our inward selves with them. As we stay this course, there will be no need for fear. This is the way of faith. To believe, follow, and obey God. To live for God. To do God's will. To know the will of God. And to do it. As we do this, we can taste and see the good of God. Psalm 34, 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him! Exclamation point. Once we have tasted and experienced the good of God, we can then fear, respect, and revere God. There are many situations in the Bible where people rebelled and chose not to trust God. That was commonplace. They chose to chase ungodly ways. They set ungodly goals and practiced ungodly thoughts. They hung out with ungodly people. They spoke ungodly words. Some sought destruction, throwing caution to the wind. God was out of sight and out of mind. Those who trusted in such ungodly destruction learned to fear punishment. They suffered inwardly and outwardly from their choices. Luke 13:28. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and yourselves thrust out. This is Jesus speaking, by the way. It's similarly described in Deuteronomy 30, 11 through 20. Our choices will define our outcome. These choices and actions, because there's action that follows the choice if the choice has been purpose and meaning and dedication and commitment. These choices are not external, they are internal. We decide within ourselves, we become convinced and we dedicate inwardly first that we're going to do these things. We either dedicate ourselves to grow with God and God's righteousness or we choose not to. In my experience, it is completely okay to grow slowly over time with God with good days and bad days as long as we continue to get back on course. So you see, fear is unavoidable. Either we choose to fear God, or we choose to fear loss of selfish understanding and desires. We can choose to submit our pride and self-seeking ways to God, which can bring spiritual blessings. We can choose to surrender the pursuit of God's good for any of the seven deadly sins, which can bring about many forms of misery. In fact, we each face these choices many times every day. We can choose to distract ourselves from this truth. We can choose to ignore this reality. We can just go on and not think about it. I have faced being afraid of financial insecurity, loss of status, and being mistreated or disrespected by others. We can fear not having the right car, clothes, family, house, etc. None of these fears has anything to do with trusting, respecting, and revering God. Luke 12, 4-7 And I say to you, my friends... Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after have no more that they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him! Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins, and not one of them is forgotten before God? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are more value than many sparrows. 
This verse is similar to the one I mentioned earlier from Matthew. This one's Luke. Let's be absolutely convinced of the truth that God values us. As it says here, you are more value than many sparrows. The common mainstream beliefs about heaven and hell are way off. That is a whole other topic. For now, just realize the truth. Salvation comes through our seeking to trust, obey, and abide more with God. Abiding in God must be what occupies our thoughts more and more. If we set our thoughts toward fearing hell, etc., we will not be abiding more in God. This too will involve thought discipline and redirection. So if we're fearing punishment, we're not seeking to abide in God. I hope you understand that. Self-condemnation is not abiding in God. Hurting ourselves, attacking ourselves, is not a form of humility. So we will need to choose self-denial to grow with God. We can choose it one day at a time. For more on this, you can listen to my podcast about self-seeking. In Luke 12, Jesus is sharing differently, Deuteronomy 30, the choice of life and death. It's similar to Jesus saying, God loves you and does not want you to choose self-seeking, which leads to death. Jesus is saying, be very afraid of self-seeking choices and respect the good which comes from pursuing God's righteousness. Now, if God wants us to be careful about self-seeking and our attitude and what we pursue, then he really wants us to be very aware of our choice-making within our minds. What are we perceiving? What are we convincing ourselves into? What's going on in there? That is our responsibility. Our faith, our belief, our perception is our responsibility. We must set our thoughts toward God's righteous ways, to do them, to learn from them, to think about them, to meditate upon them through experiences. John 4:24. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So we're to think and learn about spiritual things, to keep a focus not on material and superficial and going through regular motions and behaviors without thinking about it on autopilot. We're not to live by autopilot. We're to be discerning people about spirit and truth. We can know spiritual things if we take spiritual action. We can only know the path we have gone. We can know God to the extent we follow God and do the will of God. Our level of understanding with fear, respect, and reverence will be contingent upon the choices we act upon. Micah 6.8 says this, He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. We each can learn so much good if we choose to pursue it within our thoughts, within our hearts. We can think about God's righteousness and how to practice it better. We can look at our attitude. We can turn our self-seeking ways to helping other people, to have empathy, to emotionally relate and understand. We can make new attempts to practice these things each day which can help us know them better. Let's do this. Check out inwardauthority.com. Take what you like. Leave the rest. If you find something else that can help you do this, great. Let's just do this. Let's grow with God. Thank you for listening. God bless. Mm -hmm.